Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Today's episode is not one that was planned, frankly. Uh, So we are recording this on April 18th, which is Tuesday, first thing in the morning. Uh, This episode is with Jean-Mike Remy. Uh, Remy was on the podcast in episode 86 back in August 2018, where we talk about his running background. But today, we're not really focusing on that. So uh, Mike is a Boston native, uh, Haitian-born Boston native who loves endurance sports and has been going to the Boston Marathon for many years. And he just loves endurance sports passionately, as you'll hear in this episode. Unfortunately, his viewing experience and the viewing experience of the the viewing party he was with that was set up by uh, Pioneers Run Club and Trailblazers Run Club at uh, mile 21, right at the top of Heartbreak Hill uh, in the Boston Marathon course, was impeded. And ultimately stopped yesterday um, due to a police presence on course that you're going to hear about. And it was a very unfortunate experience, uh, to say the least. And I'm really appreciative that Remy's going to be on the podcast today talking about it because that was not his intention. He wanted to have the best Boston Marathon experience that he could have as someone who was supporting friends and runners of all stripes on that day. As someone who, again, loves endurance sports passionately and who has worked really hard to get as many people into these sports as he can. Um, and you'll hear he is just a really, really incredible person. I go. I, I wish you to go back to episode 86 and listen to his background as well. Uh, an awesome guy and someone who I've been friends with ever since he came on the show. Awesome, awesome guy. And I just wish him the best. When I saw what happened to him and uh, his friends in his viewing party yesterday, it broke my heart to see it happen. And I really appreciate him sharing the, uh, the video from that event um, to basically give not give rise and knowledge and information about something that should never have happened. And it's hard. It took a lot of courage for him to do that. And uh, I'm even more so to come on here and talk openly about uh, his experience. So kudos to Remy for doing just that. Um, and we'll get into it in a second. I do want to say and give a shout out to you can who sponsors every episode beginning of every single week. You can is my running nutrition sponsor for a reason. I love all their products. <laughs> I use them all the time. I'm going to be going to her, my workout in a little bit right after I recorded this and put out the episode as soon as possible. And I love the powder, the energy powder that I have one scoop before workout, two scoops before a long run, uh, the bars, which basically taste like candy bars. I mean, for, for really diving into it, they are absolutely phenomenal. I love the hydrate powder, which is an electrolyte mix, which I like to put in the water before some of my, some of my easy runs, um, which is also a really good thing. And lastly, for the longer efforts, the Edge Energy gels, which go down so smooth, and they don't have that aftertaste, which you can get from some gels. They're just they're just great. They're absolutely fantastic. And you can go experience it for yourself by going to UCAN. That's U-A-C-A-N. U-C-A-N. There you go. U-C-A-N dot C-O. And if you use code RAMBLING, you're going to save 20% on your order. Now, let's get into my conversation with Remy. Remy, thank you so much for coming back on the show. You're one of the first. Episode 86, going back to August 2018. You're, you're an original on the Rambling Runner podcast. So I appreciate you having faith in me to come on the show all the way back then. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's evolved. Love, love the growth. Love everything that you're doing, man. It's um, to the moon. Well, you've evolved, too. Because back then, again, you were, you were still a strong guy. Lifting was a, was a big thing for you, and you did a lot of running. Since then, it seems like you've incorporated biking into into a capacity where 
you know, talking about going to the movie, like you, you and biking, it seems to be, that might be your first love now. I know. I, I feel like you've been <clears throat> cheating on running with, with biking. I gotta be honest. Yeah. 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 It would seem that way. Um, you know, it's, it, it was a means to get around being a city boy, but, uh, you know, the more I did it, the more I fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. We're, we're in an open relationship. I don't have to choose. Right. <laughs> What is, is it, what do they call it? Is um is like the 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 multiple love is it polyamorous? You're polyamorous. Yeah, yeah, we're very pal- you're a, polyamorous. You're a polyamorous endurance sports. athlete. That's it. <laughs> we got the we got the bike helmets behind us, the finishing medals above them. Um, so you're someone that we, you've been on the show and we've been talking um, basically since 2018. You're doing interesting stuff over on YouTube, uh, chronicling not only your running journey, riding as well, and now a coach. Um, a coach, a triathlete, um, just really generally trying to get as many people comfortable in these sports, um, whether that's from a, you know, a physical fitness uh, aspect or from a, you know, representation aspect from like, I don't see my body size represented. I don't see my ethnicity represented. Um, just trying to get as many folks excited into endurance sports uh, which is why i like having the buffet because it's like hey you want to talk running great you want to you want to learn to swim hey me too let's go you want whatever it is let's it's out there for all of us let's get on the trails let's get on bikes let's do it all yeah and it certainly seems like you're doing that that is for sure um and i say if people want to know more about your athletic background again um, episode 86 of the rambling runner podcast um but you've also been on a bunch of podcasts with darren lakes as well yeah, uh, we've, um, it's a good dude, good dude. We've um, uh, become fast friends, uh, seems to be a trend with me, I guess. And um, <laughs> we uh, started a series, uh, This or That, where we just kind of take some polarizing topics in endurance sports, you know, because everyone tries to pick like, oh, no, you got to train by this or you got to do that. And some of the times, you know, the answer is often split right down the middle, but we we all do it. We love to discuss and, you know, have the banter about, oh, well, I prefer not running with music. Oh, I got to have the music or I'd rather do this versus that. Yeah, exactly. And I would say that's this that's, that's trees and D Lake. The name of the podcast has changed. So like I had to like go back and make sure I had the name of the, the name correctly. Uh, Mike Trees and D Lake creates running tips to master life. Um, he's the king of the add in the audio add ins. I know you do it with your YouTube channel as well, but no one, no one has a more highly produced. Like, we're not going to talk the whole time about Darren, but I, I have to say, as we've been on the podcast many times, I've been on the show too. He does. He does a really good job with intersplicing some of that audio content. That's pretty slick. All right. So, um, again, that's for more background. We're going to touch on uh, your running background, athletic background here as well. But for the full deep dive, those are the places to go. Uh, yesterday was Patriots Day in Massachusetts. You uh, live up in the metro Boston area um, and you've been covering the Boston Marathon on your YouTube channel. I know you have some interesting content coming out later this week. You know, you just in, you've been around there and, and doing your thing. I see you had the GoPro in hand. I actually saw you in the background of one of Kafuzi's reels that came out this morning. You got the, 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 the Red Sox jersey. And I saw you with the YouTube, the, the GoPro in hand. Um, but I also want to get you on uh, this morning because – Yesterday, as part of the viewing area at Mile 21 uh, with the Trailblazers and Pioneers Run Clubs uh, set up over there, uh, you had a um, – and just everyone there had an extremely 
unfortunate experience uh, that I want to touch on. But before we get into it, I just want to say, I just ask you, like for you, Marathon Weekend, someone who loves endurance sports and also loves chronicling endurance sports and the people around it. How are you approaching just the week in general and the weekend in terms of your own participation and involvement in the the whole scene? Man, this weekend was... uh... It was an absolute blast. Um, and even in preparation, just the lead up, knowing that this felt like, okay, we're, we're actually back now. You know, there was um, the Fall 21 event that, okay, it was good, but it was very spaced out. It was a very different, it was a unique Boston experience. I'm, ga- I'm glad it happened. Um, I loved it, but... You know, it was definitely different for all the obvious reasons. And spring 22, yes, more was coming, but there was still some, you know, uncertainty. And that's when, you know, all of the pop-up shops really started coming out and all the different events. You know, you could really fill your calendar with stuff to do. So looking forward to 23, it's like, wow, this is really popping off in a big way. And part of what I wanted to chronicle is just this sense of, you know, this is in fact the Super Bowl of running, you know, take it for how you will, but it is the largest running event. Um, and just like folks who will travel to the Super Bowl city without tickets to the game, I would love to invite, you know, runners, endurance athletes to come down to my city, come check it out. You can come to the Tracksmith house, Asics is doing a thing, Rabbit's doing a thing, Loop. Everybody just has so much energy. So come on down and hang out. And and that was exactly where my mind was at all weekend, taking it all in and and being part of the festivities. Yeah. And I was up there on Friday for a little bit. And that was kind of a little bit of a preamble for the weekend. I think it was really it really got going on Saturday morning. But even then it was like it was pretty electric. And then you could just see the setup was just going to be nuts. And then just just watching so many of the people that I follow chronicle the weekend it just seemed like not only i'm gonna keep using this word but it it seems electric but also like it did seem almost like you put it like a super bowl weekend like it was completely all-encompassing like like you could just like like that area was like an island and the only thing that existed was the boston marathon that there was nothing else in the world going on it seemed like people were really really excited and for all the reasons you mentioned in terms of it being back and all of the um, I just the, the corporate hype around it too. Like companies really seem to be going all in on just creating as much, you know, I don't know, like space for people to get together as possible. Obviously, they have their own corporate interests, but it just did seem like everyone has stuff going on. So many live shows and just all of that. Yeah, you know, and the fact that it spilled over from inside the expo. Once upon a time, it was just you know go to the expo, pick up your packet, and there are going to be a couple of things happening at the convention center. And now it just uh, exploded and there's just everything else going on and it's it's blossoming and it just keeps on growing that, you know, yeah, throw a rock and you'll find something cool to see, something cool to do and just bump into, you know, distant friends all over the place. Yeah. And as you mentioned before, you and I know you said this as well on your YouTube channel, like one of the things that you like doing is bring people into the mix, into the endurance space who maybe haven't spent time there or are a little hesitant to, to join in. What was that like for you? Just kind of either increasing people into, into that scene or just seeing people um, really 
getting that vibe of what an event like this can be. Well, on that day, it was already a lot of the uh, same folks who would have been there. Mm, that's good. Point. Um, which, you know, hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Uh, <laughs> but even still with the outreach in cycling and trying to get more folks on bikes, specifically getting comfortable clipping into their pedals, getting comfortable um, riding in groups, comfortable, you know, navigating through traffic um, and then getting folks like me, adult swimmers, right, who are learning how to do it in a for real way as an adult, because these are things that are a lot easier to learn as as a child. Um, so there's been a lot of uh, successes there and just nudging folks to like literally dip their toes in the water and get out there and check it out. Um, and this was, you know, the next big event. And, you know, it helps that I live here. So I could just be here and, you know, hop in and out of all the places and kind of put the cameras in into spots and just have a better idea of the scheduling, how to navigate, which, you know, foreshadowing is kind of the next thing I want to do in anticipation for Boston 24, a local guide of how to get around, where to park and how to navigate the city and stuff. But we'll see. Yeah. So as someone who lives in the area and who's well versed um, not only with just like the Boston Marathon, generally speaking, but also the course itself. Right. This is this is your home. So how did you decide or, you know, what were some of the options you had for like how to even witness the Boston Marathon? Obviously, someone who lives there, like you probably had a whole bunch of options to figure out what you wanted to do on that day. Yeah, this, this was a good one. Um Initially on this day, uh, Spalding Rehab, um, who, you know, been doing a lot of stuff with them, too, as, uh, you know, recovering from my own injuries and surgeries and, and other things. Um, they were hosting a viewing party for their adaptive athletes who were uh, running the marathon. Um, and that was closer to the finish line. Um, and I thought for sure that's where I wanted to be uh, because of the rain, honestly. But, you know, of course, to support the event. Um, but upon just further inspection, just thinking, wow, you know, there's something about Heartbreak Hill, which is where I was last year. It was the first time I went out to that spot. You know, I've been by the finish line. I've been at Elk Wellesley. I've been in Framingham, Natick and, um, all these different places. And that, that just felt like the best spot because it's the toughest part of the course. So if you need some cheering, what better place to literally boost you up over that hill? And, you know, I knew the pioneers were there last year and, you know, made it a point to be with them in that group and definitely uh, hype that party. Because, again, to kind of highlight, oh, hey, here's this other group who is doing it in a big way and also inspiring others to get in the sport who aren't typically you know, represented. Yeah. And they were putting it out on Instagram a couple of days beforehand. Like they did a ton of events that weekend um, in conjunction with trailblazers and then put out like, Hey, the, here's where we're going to be. They did a great spot their Instagram. They literally did like the Google map pin. Like we are going to be right here. <laughs> Come and hang out. Um, and yeah, that was the, even the, a crew from uh, Virginia. Um, I, I can't remember the name now, but that was a, a run crew that saw everything they were doing. Like, you know what? Yeah. We're going to come and hang with you guys and made the trip up. Really? And a few people running. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was huge. It was great. Good folks. Wow. That's, that's dedication. <laughs> Coming up from Virginia. Um, good for them. Um, 
so they, they did they had the, the panel earlier in that week um which was really good they had like a six-person panel and then they had the, the the run viewing party when you were at heartbreak hill last year what was that like from a viewing perspective see people kind of come over the top of that hill and just like the faces and the emotions that you were able to see from the people who got to experience that situation it it felt like the right place um you know, for as much as I love the finish line, um, that's not really where you need us. You know, that's great. There'll be plenty of, you know, cheering the medals right there. You've done the hard work. But uh, there's, you know, the saying, the race starts, you know, after mile 20. And that last 10K is where you really got to dig deep. So last year being up there and just seeing how everybody responded um i was a little further up but just how everybody responded to that level of hype and that you know bit of emotion and then oh great you've crested and you can kind of start to there's no recovering let's be honest but you know you you, (laughs) you know you turn the pressure down a little bit to go down the hills and exhale and and really take it in so it, it just felt like the right spot and for a lot of other logistical reasons as a local getting in and out of there, it just also seemed, oh, okay, great. I can park over here and it's a mile and a half walk. And when you need to get out, it's going to be just fine. So, you know, I don't want to give all the secrets away <laughs> before I lose <laughs> a parking spot, <laughs> but um, it, it, it feels like the right spot for me. Yeah, I can imagine, and I can, and I would assume that when you have that combination of um, seeing people feel like, oh my god, like this is great, I finally got over this hill. At the same time, like I still have like an hour to go, <laughs> so it's like it's not like it's, you have that feeling of like, yes, I did it, but like kinda, kinda did it. Like I still got a long way to go. And then also just like talk to me about what it's like people who've never been to the Boston Marathon or at a high level marathon like that, where the crowd support can be so vociferous that just how the the cheering can you know that the energy level can kind of like inspire each other right so like you have people like you know it's almost like being at a sporting event right where like Mm -hmm. once the crowd gets into it like it's almost like it feeds upon itself in a way you know i i felt it and wanted to share it uh 2017 um i ran my first marathon the chicago marathon and you know it, it was great the whole time i'm feeling good but i distinctly remember coming around the corner in chinatown and it was just so hype and that was being my first marathon and oh my gosh these people are yelling they're yelling for me and i got to run by and just high five like 30 people in succession and Prior to that, I was devastated because I, you know, put some goal in my head and I was like, oh, it's slipping away. You're not going to get it. But then seeing that crowd, whoa, we're doing it, baby. We're out here and I'm just hand slapping and it it carried me. So after that, it was like, yeah, this is exactly what needs to happen. And of course, there are other places along the course, too, but it was more of the inspiration that. I don't just want to be a, you know, a spectator, you know, oh, hey, good for you. Go runner. Like, no, let's really turn it up. Right. Let's... This is, we're not golf clapping here. This is this is bigger than that. No, my voice is fried as a result. <laughs> 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 worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah. 
For sure. And, and it brings up the point. This is why people make it a tradition, not just to run the race, but to but to spectate, right? This is a holiday for a reason. People get so excited for this. People who have never run the Boston Marathon, who might not even be athletes in, you know, or, or participate in athletics, I should say, who make it a point every year to be part of this because it is so electric. It, it is so inspiring. And you're part of a, a much larger community that's helping and being a part of the race in and of itself, even if you're not running, which I think is, you know, part of what makes events like this be great when they're at their best. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I can tell you on there are just a handful of years where I haven't been down there, whether that was, you know, some family obligation, because sometimes, you know, that's also Easter weekend. Um, but I can only remember. What, 2013. Um, and that was unfortunately a good year not to not to be there. Um, and 2018, uh, we had a family trip. But other oh, that, than that, that was, that was the rain year, the nor'easter. Yeah. <laughs> so glad I dodged that one, too. Um, but long before I even considered myself an athlete, long before I even really understood what a marathon meant. You know, you see that line painted on the street. You see, you know, everything going on. Just being a high school kid, I'd come out and, and take it in, you know, so it just it's just part of what you do as a resident yeah and in the intro i did paint the picture a little bit in terms of the video that you shared um that has now gone viral at this point um and understandably so um you know people have been sharing it all over instagram and on twitter um so let's talk a little bit about that so you um i guess i guess let's put it this way paint the picture for me what it was like um at your viewing party uh, not your viewing party, but the party, the viewing party you were at, and then what it was like, kind of bef- before the police presence showed up, and then as they showed up. If you could just kind of paint the picture for us. So yeah, before they showed up, you know, everything was just love, man. It was great. Uh, everybody is just through the roof, so hype. Um, we were tracking a number of our friends and uh, getting countdowns as they were approaching and. You know, just ready to make the noise, pop the confetti, uh, throw the flags up if they were, you know, running with pioneers or trailblazers and and really getting super rowdy. And even if you weren't, you know, we'd shout out just like, hey, if I'm making eye contact with you, let's slap hands, man. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, And there was it started with one cop who was riding up and down, you know, kind of pushing us back, pushing us back. And after the fourth pass, you know, he came back with friends and it it felt like kind of like a traffic stop. You know, you get pulled over and then there's like, there's one cruiser and then another cruiser pulls up. So like, wait, hold on. What's, what's going on? What happened? And just forced us all back. I mean, not to get all into the details, but it's a rainy, nasty day. And, you know, now they're kind of pushing us back into the mud and the, you know, puddles of sitting water and stuff. So I'm like, all right, well, that's not great. Uh, now I couldn't hug anyone and I'm, I'm losing track of the trackers as folks are coming by. And, you know, as your, you know, the hype is going down first met with frustration because I don't understand what's going on. No one was talking to me, certainly. Um, And it looked like some folks were trying to appeal and, you know, others have their own accounts of what they heard and what they felt. 
but I just happened to be the guy who was documenting the whole time. So I happened to be recording it. And I, I promise you, this was not the kind of thing that I was out there looking for. You know, no one was looking for trouble. We were looking for a good time. We were looking for the energy. And as I'm turning around, whoa, they, you know, we're kind of on this median. Had no idea that there were cops behind us, too. Uh, even more so. And, you know, that that was a shock. And just to be totally transparent, uh, the first thing that came through my mind was, well, I guess like any good party, cops are going to show up to break it up. And second, just like when cops show up to break up a good party, I got to pack up and get the heck out of here ASAP. So that 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 was it for me. Yeah, and if people who haven't seen the video, and we'll link to it uh, in the show notes, you know, as you mentioned, the 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 bike cops who were along the rope line, they basically set up a barrier, like a barricade, kind of like went like front tire to back tire, kind of along the area where um where the the viewing party was set up, kind of along that whole line, which you know, physically separated you from the runners who were running by. And I could tell you as you were narrating the experience of frustration where you're literally watching your friends run by and you're like, I can't even like, can't even like, you know, slap hands with them and hug them. And it was obviously something that was very frustrating for you um, in the moment. I think it seemed like, again, not that the video tells the whole story, um, but, you know, I was kind of counting. The video. It seemed like there were like was it 15 or so police officers had basically was, had surrounded the viewing party from the front and the back. Yeah, it was a lot. I, I didn't count. And, you know, the number almost doesn't matter because it, it yeah. was too much. It was too much. Um, and it, it really just deflated uh, the entire thing. You know, um, folks did rally and, you know, kind of try to cheer around it. Um, but in in the moment, it, it was it made me very aware instantly of how crummy of a day it was, you know, we're, we're out there for a reason, you know, it, it, anyone who's been out to spectate a marathon or any other, um, super endurance event, you know, the sacrifices you have to make, right? Like, so you intentionally are de dehydrating yourself, right? <laughs> Cause where are you going to go? Um, and just all these things you're on your feet, there's no reprieve. Plus it could either be really hot or really cold, this and that, but you're out there for the runners nobody turned up for a police barricade that's not what we came out here for so as that was all kind of coming in you know it, it all the reality hit and even decompressing after i got home was just thinking oh man i'm i'm actually glad i was able to make it home cuz situations like this could really escalate in a different way and you know Folks get handcuffed and sprayed and whatever. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that was as bad as it got. But, you know, the wind could have blown and, you know, we'd be talking about a whole other type of situation. Now, I know you can't speak for everyone who was there and they had and you guys had a, a pretty good group that were there, mm -hmm. too. So there are certainly plenty of people who have their own stories to tell and the experiences that they had uh, in your experience. Was there any communication in terms of like 
why any of this had even started or why it had happened. And again, and I'm not here to play devil's advocate on any of this, but I know that some people who are listening to this, who watched the video were like, Hey, did, how did this even start? Right. So I might be asking questions now that I don't want anyone to take offense to, but I do want to like try to set the stage of like, what was the communication that had happened? What was going on? Cause I really want people to understand as someone who's a friend of yours to, to get the full understanding of, of, of the scene there and uh, everything therein. Well, I'll, I'll start by saying this, you know, being a local and uh, having had to make those phone calls to account for all my friends and family in, in 2013, I, I appreciate safety, um, you know, knowing that any wacko could show up, leave a bag, walk away. So I, and I should I, say, I, when you say 2013, people don't know he's referencing the bombing and people aren't, aren't, aren't sure what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I get that, but this is not what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as what led to it, you know, like I said, I just saw the bike cop kind of cruising up and down a couple of times and he was urging us to get back. And part of me, sure, I get that. You know, we were at the rope line. No one was, like, knocking down. And, you know, some folks had sent me other pictures of where they were cheering, where people were handing out alcohol and partaking in, you know, narcotics and, you know, throwing up on the course and crossing willy-nil. So, in contrast, uh, leaning over to high-five and hug versus... You know, some of the the other activities, I don't see it. But the only explanation I heard was there was an incident and they're here now. No, I didn't hear anything else about what the incident was, who in particular, you know, was out of line. If someone needed to be, you know, singled out and removed. I, I don't know. I didn't get all the other details. And again, the presence makes me nervous. So I wasn't staying around to find out. Yeah, and that echoes Allison Desir's, um her experience last year. She said basically word for word the exact same thing. Of like, oh, they said that there was an incident, and then that was it, and then it was just like they were just there now, and that was just going to be um, the experience from that point forward. So, I mean, that's not really a question. I'm just, I'm just making that comment and that connection. Um, now, obviously, you're there. You're having this extremely frustrating in the moment experience of like, I'm just trying to have fun and support people. Like what the heck is going on? You mentioned that you, you then at, at you know, shortly thereafter end up leaving. Um, what was it like for you decompressing from that moment? Um, and the emotions that come forward, like after just, you know, once, once you're able to, to take it all in, in the gravity of what happened beyond just like the initial frustration. Boy, you know, I, I really just um, needed to sit for a while, uh, sit and not even not even know if I wanted to continue because, you know, uh, the entire weekend I had been capturing footage and wanted to put together this, hey, welcome package. And I'm sure, you know, the BAA doesn't need any advertisement. They don't need my help. Right. But. I do know that there is a certain population that would be interested and would like to see this other stuff. So I got home and, you know, instead of, all right, let me 
stop up, start uploading from the cameras and start processing all this footage and getting this stuff out. And I think I said just as much like, you know, I have so much more fun stuff to share um, that I but I just can't right now. Um, and, and that's where it was. And then I you know realized, well, if I don't say anything for as much as I wanted to just duck and hide for a little bit, because it's it's very deflating. Um, if I don't say anything more, it'll just go away. So I do appreciate that, you know, Allison and, and Carolyn and you and um, and all of you, uh, Mike Co, all of you guys, um, you know, kind of stepping in and, and getting my back on that. Um, but I also felt that if I don't say something and use my own voice um, to speak up, then they've won, uh, which already they kind of kind of did because my next stop was to head down to the finish line and catch up with all those folks who had passed by and then wrap up and all this and that but you know you get hit with that plus you're dehydrated you're hungry you're tired you've been on your feet for five hours forget it yeah and you just you just talked about this a second ago and i want to take a deeper dive into it the decision to share your experience, the, the negative experience that you and the folks who are with you had that day. Um, I guess I'm going to editorialize for a second here. Like that was, I view that as extremely courageous. Like it would have been very easy for you to maybe share it privately, right? To, you know, to, to share with some of the people, you know, to, to share it in a much more expansive way um, does take a lot of courage, right? Because you're really putting yourself out there um, to be judged by a, a wider audience, maybe some people who are judging you with open arms um, and, and understanding your experience and want to learn more, and other people maybe who are taking um, a less a less friendly view of, of the situation and maybe expressing some some uh, opinions that are 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 much less are much much more negative uh, to the situation, uh, maybe presuming things that didn't actually occur. So when you are ultimately weighing the decision. Once you'd queued up the the video, cut it, and created the the roughly two minute um, reel that was shared, what was that like for you? Kind of like deciding, you know, whether or not to share it, and whatever consequences might come from that. Yeah, my immediate thought, um, honestly, as you you alluded to, you know, I, I've taken a dive into some other ventures, and my immediate thought is like, oh my goodness, am I am I going to lose clients because of this am i are any of the athletes that i coach going to see this hear this and decide that i don't want that smoke or any other potential folks um is the the audience that i've started to cultivate on youtube are they going to see this and think whoa this channel's taking a turn and unsubscribe um, are any of the nonprofits that I've been involved with locally and trying to, you know, work with some of these folks, are they going to, oh, this is a little too risque. Um, but in that moment, I was kind of reminded by some of the things that have been echoed by by others who are championing uh, different causes that the kind of person who would dismiss me or not want to work with me because of that is not someone I would want to work with anyway. So let's let ride. Yeah. And 
I was watching your video uh, this morning that you posted on YouTube, kind of sharing sharing the reel and also providing some context uh, to the weekend. Also um, highlighting like what we, what the the future content that you're going to be putting out. So in that video, you reference the fact I don't put put words in your mouth, but as frustrating, disheartening as that experience was for you and the people with you to you know viewing the marathon. It was obvious in the way you talked about it that you still have a lot of love for the race itself and the experience itself. So talk to me about that that multi-layered feeling about not just the race, but the situation and the intermingling of the two. So I want to believe, I, I want to have faith because we're, we're lost without that, right? Like, I want to believe that change is coming and it is getting better. Um, and that things are moving in the right direction. And I want to believe that there are just some things that, you know, haven't been highlighted, that haven't been brought to their attention, that, okay, we're working to address this, but we didn't even know that that was a problem. We didn't even know that, you know, it's like your check engine light goes on and, oh, all right, I, I see I've got to look at this, but I didn't even know I had a suspension problem. No one told me that my rear tail light was out. So... It can get better, and it it should get better, and I'm hopeful that it will get better. So I don't want to um, completely write off the event. At the same time, I do feel uh, far much more affinity for 26 Point True, as I've felt for a very long time that, you know what, guys? You know, it's called the Boston Marathon, but we run, like, what, three miles in Boston proper? Wouldn't it be cool if there was an actual race in Boston? And as I'm thinking it, they're already putting it together. And, you know, I'm feeling more and more drawn and compelled to actually participate in, well, first off, I can actually get into that race. That's a whole other conversation. Um, but knowing what this race means, what the Boston Marathon means to so many people, and what it means to the city and just having been around for as long as it has been and all the amazing things that have happened on those on that course, uh, you know, you, you can't just separate yourself from that. Um, try as I may, it's going to as long for as long as I continue to participate in these sports, it's always going to kind of be around there. So I can't just like pretend it doesn't exist you know one of the biggest races in the world doesn't exist and i do feel so much joy hearing about people working so hard to qualify um people you know average folk that yep i spent the last four years working at it um i, I got to talk to uh uh kim Ramaza, who finally punched her ticket and you know ran after you know coming close coming close coming close coming close and finally did it. So let's celebrate that. And I, I want you to have that. I don't want to take anything away from the athletes. That's the other thing. You know, if people may feel attacked that, oh, why are you talking down about Boston and this and that? Like, buddy, I love Boston. Are you kidding me? Come on down. Let's go. But there has to be a better way to do all of this. And, you know, I think feeding into that, like you... You know, when we love something like that, I mean, obviously you have a, a deep love for this. You've been around it for a long time. Like if you didn't say something, that also would be um, 
that would show like a lack of love for it, right? Like if you saw like a family member or friend doing something that they shouldn't be doing and you kept your mouth shut the whole time, like what does that say? And, you know, and I think, and then when I saw the video, that was the first thing that I thought of was like, you know, like this, these are the things that need to be said in order to make something that as good as it is to make it better. And just because it is really good doesn't mean that we can't highlight the negativity around it. Yeah, there, there's always uh, some areas of improvement, and I know nothing's ever going to be perfect, but we can raise the bar because this ain't it, Chief. This this is not it. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to be, reach, be reaching out to the BAA um, as well to see if there's going to be you know anything that they want to say on this issue. I know that you know it's not like members of the BAA were personally the ones separating you guys from the runners. But at the same time, we also can't hide the fact that there's a lot of coordination between the efforts. And even if they may not have like been there directing police officers, they can have a lot of communication therein in regards to how um, situations like this on course are handled because it is their race. Yeah. And also recognizing that, you know, I suspect some of those officers didn't want to be there, but they were called in our following orders. You know, I, I, I can I can appreciate that, too. I'm not going to just throw a blanket statement and say, you know, all police presence is terrible and, and this and that. Um, and not for nothing, I bet some of those were auxiliary police with, you know, different training. Like you, you need so much support, so much help to put on an event like this. And it is what it is sometimes. Um, so I, I don't want to just paint that broad stroke over the entire thing. Um but you got to call it out if you're going to make those adjustments for better. Absolutely. All right. Remy, thank you so much for, for sharing what you shared yesterday and for talking with me today. Um, before we get going, I'd be remiss if I didn't highlight some of the stuff that you're doing. We mentioned the, the coaching side, the video side. Um, tell people what you're up to just in the running community uh, who maybe if they're new to you want to experience some of the stuff that you're putting together because as, as they've already know they're at this point of the podcast <laughs> you're an extremely thoughtful guy with some with some great insights um not only into the endurance community but just in life in general so where can they go and what are you up to on that front yeah uh for more immediate stuff um you know i, I try to get some stuff on instagram here and there at mr wonderful what's that at underscore Mr. Wonderful, because that was already taken. Um, but as well on YouTube is probably more of the uh, thoughtful, introspective stuff as far as, you know, community engagement and introducing people to uh, endurance sports, um, giving some pointers for things I've learned along the way. And you can find that on Remy Be Real on YouTube. That's Remy the letter B and real R E E L like the B reels that you don't normally see um, the outtakes, if you will. But I'm here to be transparent about my journey. I am not a professional athlete, but if I can do it, if I can, you know, get myself hype and cross these finish lines and do scary things that I didn't think I could do. Heck three years ago, I didn't know how to swim. And, you know, now I'm preparing for half Ironman's. So that's awesome. If I can do it, come on, guys, let's go. 
Right. I mean, and this feeds right into my audience, who is it's people just like you, right? That's why you were on the show in the first place, you know, five years ago, right? The, the dedicated amateur athletes who's trying to try to do fun and inspiring stuff, uh, you know, without the without the uh, maybe extreme genetic gifts that we saw <laughs> on full display at the front of the race yesterday. Um, and then uh, lastly, from the coaching side, right? I know that, that this is kind of a, it seems like a newer endeavor for you, if you wouldn't mind just talking about that for a second. Yeah, this was um, something that I dove into in 2019. I had some fantastic coaches that, you know, really took me to some far along places. And, you know, I like to think myself as a as an A student um, taking all the notes. And so at the suggestion of one of my my last coach, yeah, you know what, maybe I'll take these courses and I'll figure it out, start learning. Um, so I did start coaching uh fall of 2019, but that all kind of fell apart for me, at least um, in 2020. I just didn't have the capacity um, to maintain that. But along the way, uh, it was reached out by a um, high school athletic director who, you know, got to know me and, you know, a couple of things like that. And, you know, we could we could use you on our cross country team. Um, and that, you know, started in 22 kind of re-energized my love for it and i really thought that was enough that's where i'll stay uh but again as i'm seeing oh these athletes graduate and they go on and you know do other great things which is amazing um then an opportunity came along with um ready set marathon so now i am coaching adults again and providing some of that same thoughtfulness uh some of that same you know guidance and especially on how to train around a busy schedule because that's kind of my forte uh with a demanding job and some other extracurricular activities you know it's great to highlight yeah i run 80 miles a week and that's fantastic but we all just don't have enough time to do it so how can we make the most out of the time you do have for training right to say nothing of being being a parent as well which i know (laughs) you are so (laughs) All right, Remy, thank you so much for sharing all of your um, all of your experiences, uh, both before and after the race and for everything you're doing in the media side and the coaching side. It's always a pleasure to reconnect. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thanks, Matt.